The Brian Sams Podcast is sponsored by Church Media HQ. Keeping up with weekly graphics at your church can be overwhelming. With the graphic of the week from Church Media HQ, you get a fresh graphic delivered right to your inbox every week for free. You'll receive a new sermon design, social image, or seasonal graphic each week for an entire year. Sign up for the free graphic of the week at churchmediahq.com. While you're there, check out their affordable membership options and use promo code BRIAN to get $100 off any upgrade. Get free graphics for a year at churchmediahq.com. That's churchmediahq.com. You're listening to an ongoing discussion on life, leadership, and ministry. This is the Brian Sams Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Brian Sams Podcast. This is your host, Brian Sams. What a great day to be serving the Lord and to have you here as my favorite audience. And man, today, I got to tell you, I'm super excited because not only do I have an awesome guest, secondly, I've got a first-time podcaster, never before has this man been on a podcast before right now. And number three, Dr. Mike Lester is just a personal, long-term friend. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brian. Good to be here. So, Mike, we go back now um, uh, about 14 years. and 14 memorable years. <laughs> 14 memorable years as colleagues for eight of those years, almost nine in California at a Bible college as undergraduate and graduate professors of the Bible. That was what we got, among many other things that we did. Absolutely. Many other things. You know, one of those things that was fun about our time in California was um, that when the guys graduated undergraduate school, (laughs) we gave them uh, what we called out there an oral exam, which I always thought was a really odd Thing to say it was sound like you were going to the dentist, but basically, you just what, what was an oral exam, Mike? So, the theological oral exam was what the undergraduate men did their <laughs> senior year uh, as a condition or a prerequisite to getting their degree. And they came into a room with two Bible professors, unmarked Bible, and uh, we just asked questions and hopefully they gave answers. Yes, and they for, did not always, they did not <laughs> always for the first. Six years, uh, as I recall, maybe it was the first five years or six years, it was relatively subjective what was going to be asked. Do you remember going through that whole thing where we added objectivity to it? I do remember that, yeah. So, like, it helped them get uh, faster. Yeah, yeah that's right, because yeah, some guys would really emphasize some issue over here about the church, or some guys would issue, you know, when did the church start, or... Or, you know, some little narrow thing that they were really passionate about. And if you didn't hit that right, you were in trouble. So they always, everybody dreaded having you and our friend Rick Houck. That was, if you got if you got Lester and Houck, it was over. I don't know why people felt that way. No, I'm sure you guys were very generous. And, and I mean, I, for the listeners that weren't there and don't understand this, this was intense. It was intense. I mean, nerve wracking for the ner- guys. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about guys pinning themselves up for a semester every night, studying. It's like getting ordained. And it was or good. Even more intense sometimes than 
Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it depended on where you got ordained. If you got ordained in like northern Kentucky or something, you know, it probably wasn't going to be as intense. In fact, I was in an ordination council one time and, and, I, you know, they invited me, so I'm sitting there, and the pastor's like, well, guys, we all know that Brother John over here, he knows the He word. loves Jesus. He loves Jesus. He's called, He got the touch of God on him. What Y'all, does anybody got any questions for John? And I'm just kind of sitting there going, okay, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess not. I got, I got one. Right. So so this was very intense. And, 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 and a good exercise. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you can't articulate your faith after getting a degree, you probably got a bad degree. So I was always thankful. But, boy, we had some doozies. I mean, some memorables. And, and I'm not going to call out a name. But no, we shouldn't. Let me give a shout-out right now to um, Toby England. Absolutely. Our, we were like the three, three musketeers uh, in California. And now you live in Michigan. I live in Florida. Toby lives in California, so we're we're it's been disbanded at least in person. Physical, yeah. But we share some really fond memories. And one guy in particular, he <laughs> I know where you're gonna go. He had a <laughs> tough he had a tough time with the timeline of eschatology. And as I recall, the question that I asked this guy was, Hey, um, <laughs> would you mind giving me a rough sketch of the end times? And uh-huh. he droned on, man, for what seemed to be 20 minutes. It was probably about 90 seconds, and I didn't understand what he was talking about. He sure didn't understand what he what he what he was was talking about. Um, and uh, I, anyways, I said that I, he got done, and then he looked up at me and said, "Was that rough enough? Was that rough enough?" And we we died. Me and Toby died. We just cried out. The same guy who failed, by the way, he failed twice. Um, at the end of it, when we're telling him, you didn't pass, this didn't work out, um, he looked at us and said, well, I may have not known what I was talking about, but you weren't going to change my mind. Yeah. Well, those that, are good times. Be that as it may, <coughs> college is important. Seminary is important. Both you and I have earned doctoral degrees, and and I'm thankful for that. Sure, I'm, I'm, I don't regret one day of it. Uh, now, on the other side of it, what I learned, what I'm able to do, I think there's a lot of guys who live in a, suspended a little bit between should I advance a degree? Okay, I've got an undergraduate Bible college degree, or I've got a master's degree. Should I take another step? And I want to talk about that a little bit today. First of all, tell us, just just tell me about yours. Where did you go and what did you do and how was your experience? All the way from undergrad? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. So undergrad, I, I went to Crown College in Knoxville, Tennessee. Went there the year it started. So we helped write the handbook, you know. A lot of memories. When I left there, I went to work at California. Because I was young and working in college, I was challenged to get a master's, and I was challenged with a particular location, so I went. It wasn't accredited. After another 10 or 12 years, uh, we're now going through the accreditation process, and so my degree doesn't count. And so I had to start over with my, my master's. So I went to Maranatha, did it online, did an MA there. Then I left from there and went and did an MDiv at Southern California Seminary. And then after there, I went and did a doctorate of ministry at Luther Rice in Georgia. 
I actually didn't realize that. I mm-hmm. thought you did Southern Cal Seminary as your D-men. No. So I did um, Bob Jones University undergraduate. I did Luther Rice mm-hmm. Master of Divinity. Sure. For the same reason you did yours. <laughs> and then, of course, I just finished up my D-Men at Pensacola Theological Seminary. So we both have really the same trajectory. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I feel like initially we kind of were forced to, and in some ways, I mean, really, we had to. And yet now I'm looking back going, I think I think the Lord that I did that. We're reaping the benefits. Absolutely. So that's what this episode's about. We're going to talk about the benefits of furthering your education. And I want to specifically say furthering your education in an accredited institution. Sure, yeah. Because, man, look, I'm all for getting whatever you can, but it's not going to be the same if it's not accredited. And and some would argue about regional accreditation, national accreditation, be that as it may. I'll leave that to the That's real, a different podcast. That's a different <laughs> podcast. And it does matter, though. Let me give you an example how I know it matters. I live in Florida, okay? My daughter, who is in a very nice private school here, has access to information about scholarships. Well, in Florida, to to get this one specific scholarship, it's called um, Bright Futures. It's funded by the Florida Lottery, actually, of all things. But it's, it's available to any kid in the state of Florida. And there's a list of the schools that are approved. Of course, I'm looking, I know she's got a couple secular colleges as an option, but she's also got a couple Christian colleges as an option here in Florida. Well, the only Christian colleges in the state of Florida that are mentioned, uh, that are on the list, are regionally accredited. Now, the other school that's nationally accredited is fine. It's not going to change our perspective of where she would go because there's other avenues of scholarship. But that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Closes the door. And most people don't. That's one little thing most people don't understand. What regional accreditation means, in part, uh, if you're looking for a scholarship specific to your state, that state scholarship will more than likely not go through to a non-accredited institution. A non-regional. A non-regional accredited. Mm-hmm. Not to mention um, so many of the uh, benefits that you cannot get, even on an undergraduate level. So I'm just going to leave yeah, that Yeah, that's that. enough. Yeah. That's enough. I get but, it. I, but here, that's the title of the podcast, everybody, Why You Should Advance Your Accredited College Degree. And I'm saying if you've got an undergraduate degree, go further. Or even if you haven't finished it, you're still advancing it to get it done. Yeah. In fact, uh, I would say, let's start there. So we got... We got um, Six reasons why you should advance your education in an accredited institution. And number one, I'm going to start where you just picked up. You should finish what you started. Yeah, yeah. To me, that that communicates something, first of all, to you. You know, hey, I invested in this. I started this. Now I finished it. But even more, perhaps more importantly, it communicates to those you minister to because it gives them the the understanding that, the, the one who's leading us finishes what he starts. He doesn't just have a vision to start a lot of things. He has the character, the tenacity, the discipline to see it through. Yeah, he's got some endurance. Mm-hmm. Hey, I will, I'll tell you this, man. When I left California, I was 50% done with the coursework for my doctorate, and I really had no ambition. It was I remember at, that. I mean, yeah. at that point— We talked about it. What am I, well, when I got here, and I've been here about a year, I had a talk with Angie one night, and I said, you know, it's bothering me. This is bothering me. I said, the main reason it's bothering me is because I feel like I started something I didn't finish. So on my own time and my own dime, mm-hmm. uh, I plowed through, did the work, wrote the dissertation during COVID and finished. 
that means something to me. It means, and and usually it means something to the, like you said, to the people that are around you. So that's a great, so you're out there and you did three years at some Bible college somewhere and, you know, for whatever reason, money, you had 15 kids when you were in Bible college and you just couldn't cut it. You got an opportunity to, to go out and take a, you know, ministry. You got married. You got married. There could be any endless yeah. reasons why. I would say to you, finish what you started and, and you will get a win. You get a win in life. You won't regret it. You won't regret it. Number two, number two, uh, continual equipping. So think about it this way, Brian. Think about when we were growing up. We didn't have cell phones. Right. Technology was, doesn't even compare what we had. I, I still remember having a rotary phone, not a push button, a rotary phone. <laughs> well, just like technology has changed, the world we minister to has changed. And so a degree we got 20, 30, 40 years ago, it wouldn't hurt to update it some. Right. Because we are living in such drastically different times. So to be continually equipping. And again, you can look at it as getting another degree, but you, there's other ways to do it as well. You, you don't have to pursue a degree. You can pursue a certificate mm-hmm. that is content or topic oriented and said, you know, I, I have a hole in my learning, and now I'm going to go and get some tools to help me with that. It just keeps you sharp. For those in ministry, just to piggyback on that, for those in ministry, what a blessing to be able to have some guided study. Like for me, one of the reasons I chose where I went for my doctorate at the time was because the content of the courses was Bible. And I mean, honestly, at this stage in my life, I'm not interested in a whole lot more than Bible. I mean, you know, you go back to undergrad, and I remember when I English went English and yeah, history yeah. and math and speech, I didn't, and, and I didn't even know that man because I, you know, you remember I just got saved right before I went. So when when I walked up to Bob Jones University and they were telling me you got to take math, I'm going, what are you talking about? I'm I a preacher. Hey, brother, <laughs> bless God, you know. So, so the so to me, as somebody getting a ministry degree you are specifically learning more tools about, a lot of times about biblical text. I remember taking a class on strategic planning that was very good, so leadership. Yeah. Counseling. Counseling, ministry, and so I mean, on. And think so about on. the problems we counsel today. Oh, my. <laughs> it's just unreal. Yeah, and I like what, you know, you you now are a part of, of Veritas Baptist College, and I like what they're doing specifically in that field. They're, they're, they're putting some energy there. And it's very popular right now because a lot of guys recognize the complexity. I mean, I'll be honest with you, on the air, this is truth. I don't counsel. I just don't. And and I know you say, well, you're not a very good pastor. First of all, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying that I don't provide counsel. I'm going to get you to where you need to go. But it's if you come to me and say, I've been 15 years depressed, I'm going to say, That's, there's very little chance I'm going to help you, okay? Other than preaching and teaching and what I'm praying for you. But so, yeah, absolutely. And to, I remember taking a course on the book of Malachi, a whole class on Malachi. And boy, I learned that thing inside out. And then I turned around and preached it at church. Sure, absolutely. You know? It's practical. It's great. So yeah. that works out real well. And, you know, we've got this issue in the Bible that we should be um, studied to show ourselves approved, that we should be increasing in the knowledge of God, growing in grace. We do that anyways. How about this? Love the Lord God with all of your mind. mind. Yes, absolutely. So put God first, even in your mind. So, so we got we got number one, finishing what you start. If you never finish something, took a couple master's courses, three years of undergrad. Number two, we got um, continual equipping, growing in your faith, your knowledge of the Bible, knowledge of leadership, etc. <clears throat> number three, how about uh, credibility? Yeah, 
this is going to tie in with one of the other perspectives we have. So I'm going to give a little bit of a historical perspective here. When you go back into uh, American and, and even British history of the of the the pastors, the clergy, so to speak, fifty hundred years ago, fifty to hundred years ago, the standard was they all had an MDiv. Mm-hmm. No one would consider you ready to pastor a church with just a bachelor's. Um, so there was a historical perspective that the people in the audience expected their pastors, their preachers, to not just know the basics, but to have advanced training so they could help them. Well, if you're in a blue-collar or white-collar, this perhaps may, may change the answer a little bit. But when we are able to stand in front of our people and they know that we're serious about studying the Bible and they know that we're serious about finishing what we start and they know that we are serious about you know, even investing our own funds to be better equipped to train them, it just raises the street creds, you know? It just... Oh, I, and, I mean, you talk about white-collar, blue-collar. I pastor a blue-collar church. I mean, you're, you're here. We're actually recording here in Jacksonville. And, I mean, you don't drive around the neighborhood too long before you're like, well, this is certainly not a, a $400,000 home neighborhood. Well, um, even though I pastor middle to lower-middle income people predominantly, and I never went out and published it. I certainly don't have Dr. Brian Sam's on the sign or the buses. <laughs> we, don't, we don't even have buses on the van or whatever. I don't publish it. I don't. I don't have a degree hanging on my wall. I just. I just did it. Man, I, it's enormously that my people love that about me. They think, man, my pastor is very serious. He loves the Bible. He feeds us the Bible, and look how much you know. Look, it just you know has a lot to say to them, and I think credibility there. And then you know. I've, I was, I was uh, taking a look at a campus of a charter school recently here in town. They're getting ready to plant a plant. <laughs> that's a church word. <laughs> start a, a second campus right up here by our school, and they're wanting a faith-based partner, so they invited me to tour their campus. Well, I'm walking around with the headmaster, and he was Dr. So-and-so, and he's a young guy. Well, I had something immediate to talk about him. Hey, where'd you get your doctorate? You know, what'd you do your you know, dissertation thesis on? cool, I did mine at this place, and of course he wouldn't know where I went, but but I did my thesis on this, and it just, immediately, here's a guy with a, a PhD and, and some kind of crazy historical thing, and he was really smart. He's now thinking, well, this pastor's not stupid. Right. He he did this too. So I think that that, that goes a long way of credibility, and I think Man, if you don't even have a, a bachelor's degree, um, certainly a master's degree, and I and I will say this too about the MDiv. Let's just talk about that for a second because I think don't you need to understand how significant that was. We kind of bridged over into number four sure, historical yeah. historical perspective, so we'll just hit that real quick. A, a master of divinity is is typically ninety. Credits. The old school is ninety to ninety six. There's a lot today that are more seventy seventy five. So think about that for everybody that's listening. Your undergraduate is what one twenty to one twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. So I think I did one twenty six. Um, okay, so you're talking about basically another bachelor's degree, almost uh, three three quarters of one. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then if you're taking a degree that's that's even relatively credible, you're, you're more than likely got some languages in yeah. there. And by both. the way, you should have both Greek and Hebrew. Yeah. Okay. I want to make a comment on that. This is not. This is this is free for everybody. I would like to ask all my independent Baptist friends out there why we do not have Hebrew as standard in undergraduate. Do you have any idea why? No, I don't have a reason why. I well, think probably it's a curriculum 
issue trying to fit it all in with all the other stuff that has to be fit in? I mean, it drives me crazy. I, I'm teaching a class right now at Veritas um, called Advanced uh, Sermon Preparation, which is a master's mm -hmm. level course. And basically, I'm taking sermon prep and I'm applying it specifically to Old Testament genre, learning how to preach Old Testament. And I'm focused even deeper on narrative and prophecy. Well, I mean, in my opening lecture, I talk about why is the Old Testament so frightening to us? And one of the one of my points was because we've neglected it, where it's almost seventy percent of our Bible, we have we've stuck it over here as if Hebrew, like, like Greek. I mean, think about it, even all the translation fuss is all about the New Testament. It's all about the New Testament. I mean, come on, this like we've Zing unhitched from the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, that was good, Andy Stanley. That's awesome. So, I, you know, I think to myself, what have we done? What have we done? And I I never took Hebrew, so I am. In fact, I'm actually talking about taking it now. As uh, at back to continually equipping, uh, I have an interest in a possible further, even more education, and I'm deficient in Hebrew, and so I'm working with some uh, colleagues that I have nice. to just study, do a side study, a guided study, uh, which will give me some credits in Hebrew, not just like going to some online course, but I'm actually guiding with a, with a professor. I haven't started yet, but I'm, I'm really looking to it because I want to. I'm interested in getting a PhD in historical theology. Um, and I want to write on the history of Bible translations uh, and how things developed, and particularly English Bible translations. Anyways, um, I think it's important that, let that sink in, we're not too far removed from a culture where a guy had a minimum of probably seven to eight years of formal theological training. He went deeper than Old Testament survey. Right. And... That even even because we, we're tying these together, but it's it's important. We've we've lost some of the I feel like weightiness or density of what it means to be called of God. I grew up in uh, more of your camp meeting churches. Yeah. I grew up yeah. in the South, and so uh, we never talked about seminary. We talked about cemetery. You know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and we would often take the verse that Jesus said, take no thought what you're going to say when you stand before men, I'll put the words in your mouth. So we use that to validate why there was not even a need to go to Bible college. Uh, and that was our culture. Well, what has happened is in that culture, you have a lot of emotion, but you have very sh you're very shallow in your theological depth mm -hmm. be because the guys who are standing behind the pulpit, they don't, they don't have it always. Let me ask you a question. So, I mean... What would you, okay, push back a little bit on that thought? Because I could almost hear somebody listen to us kind of saying, well, brother, all you really need is God in a three-by-five card. Okay, is that true? Here's what I'd, I'd answer. When God chose the men to write the New Testament, he used John, very simple, and he gave us a couple books. He used Peter, but when he wanted to communicate the most he could about the importance of the local church, he chose the most educated man he had because mm. he had more to work with. Mm. That's what I'd say. That's when we give God more to work with, he does more with us. That's really I, I love that answer because what you're also saying is just because you don't have education certainly doesn't mean you're Absolutely. not usable. And God, God, and, and you can even look at that, They're, the El Moody, tremendous uh -huh. example. Sure. Yep. And, I, and there's been times where I thought, dear God, if I just had what he had, I'd be happy with that, okay? I'm not saying by any means that I think education supp um, supplants that. Yeah, education S is not a substitute for Holy Spirit anointing. Yeah, but it, but but God can take the Holy Spirit's anointing and use what Absolutely. you've learned in ways that maybe you otherwise couldn't. 
learn. Yeah. So, so I think a wrap on that, just that statement would be, it can't hurt you. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. It can't hurt you. It's so, only going to help you. I'll make it positive. Yeah, it's only uh, and, going to and, and let me let me add one layer to that. It's only going to help you, assuming you get the filling of the Holy Spirit and you understand sure. surrender and you understand loving God. But it certainly under those normal all things equal. This guy loves God. This guy loves God. This guy's full of the Holy Spirit. This guy's full of the Holy Spirit. God can take it and do something dynamic either way, yep. but it's not going to hurt. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's good. And so then we want to go to number, so we said number one, finish what you started. Number two, uh, continually equipping. Number three, credibility. Number four, historical perspective. Number five, increases your ability to think critically. Yeah. So you mentioned a moment ago, Old Testament survey, New Testament survey. In those classes, I've taught both of those classes. I think you have as well. When we teach those classes, a lot of times we are after memorization, lower levels of learning. Uh, you've got to get that, but there's so much more. Like, I can't take 15 weeks in Old Testament survey just to talk about Malachi. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah. I can't take 15 weeks in New Testament survey to just talk about Hebrews. Uh, so what happens at a different level of learning is, do you remember when you were in school and you had math every single year? Yes. And then you sometimes, what do I have to take math again? What do I have to take English again? I'm still speaking English. What they were doing each year was adding another layer so that you could not just under memorize things, but you could start to understand concepts. Mm-hmm. When we go after uh, advanced degrees, it's not rote memory anymore. It's now, okay, given these Bible principles and this scenario, let's put it together. It's mm-hmm. more critically thinking through subject matters, which then internalizes those principles in us. So it'll be even more useful. Yeah, so the further you go in education, you get away from true-false questions, and you get into essays. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, good night. By the time I got, by the time I was getting my doctoral degree, I mean, I didn't, there was no, there weren't even any tests. Right. I was learning and writing, learning and writing. But that writing caused you to be able to learn to articulate on paper, which also causes you to articulate better as you speak. Absolutely, and I would say, I would, I, we should have put number seven down there. <laughs> Not too late. Uh, here we go. Number whatever. Number next. You should further your education because you need to learn how to write and com- well and communicate. communicate. That's the word. Yeah. And it's true, man. Nothing. I've I've had guys. I had guys. Uh, you know, because I've taught preaching all these years now, and I've had guys. They'll. they'll I'm, I'm working with them step by step on their sermons. So I'm reading their sermons before they're preaching them. Sure. I never. Derek Barkstone or Derek. I do. Derek. One. He was working on the sermon and sermon prep. One of my. He was my first sermon prep guys. And I didn't understand what he was saying. It didn't make sense. So I said in class one day, Derek, I'm just telling you, man, this don't make sense. What you're saying, I don't get it. And he's like, well, I said, no, no, no. Okay, get up here. Get up here and preach it right now. Just come on. Right up here. I, I'm going to sit in your seat. You, you take my podium. And he stood up, and he started kind of reading, and he was blow, and he said, oh, I get it now. I said, yeah, because you haven't clarified it. Yeah. You haven't communicated it clearly. And, man, when I have to sit down and write on why am I actually a cessationist, not just bless God, it's going to cease, but, I mean, you dig in there. Yeah. And you can, can you explain 1 Corinthians 13 and 14? Can you actually articulate why you don't believe that women were deacons in the New Testament? Or, some, you know, yeah. that's not, yeah. you, don't, you don't get that in uh, Old Testament survey. 
I appreciate the uh, saw there. You guys just appreciate that. There's a little construction going on outside. But <laughs> anyways, um, so, so critical thinking. It, the further you go should be, the deeper you get, the more you have to produce original content, writing, critical thinking. Now, I'm going to get this final one because this is just really good. And I know I've definitely experienced this. The, the, the last reason that you should continue advancing your education is that it will broaden your opportunities for ministry. Yeah. Think about, uh, well, let's look at it from a practical standpoint. A pastor who has a bachelor's degree and he's in a town near a Bible college that's accredited, he's not qualified to teach there. Or a remote college like Veritas. He's not, we're not, we can't even ask him. It doesn't matter if he's having people saved every week. From an educational standpoint, we just can't use them. Now that same person who is God's powers on his life, he's preaching biblically expository messages, people are being saved under his ministry, and now he has a master's degree. Hey, we'd like to see if maybe you'd be interested in teaching a class for us here at this college. Yeah. He didn't have that opportunity a moment ago. Now he does. That's one example. And we both live in that reality. I mean, sure. I, believe, I, mean I, I now have taught in three colleges, and now I've got a fourth opportunity this summer that I just kind of came out blue. I just happened to have a friend a vice president of a small Bible college, uh, a, a regionally accredited Bible college, one that most people have never even heard of, at least fundamental-type people. And, um, and now I get a chance to teach the Pentateuch. It opened the door for you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He would have not even, even though we're really good friends, you and I have been friends for 14 years, I, God's using our church here, we, we have that personal connection, but you could not have me preach at Veritas or teach, even though I have now, you know, before you came. But if you were looking at my, my friends, oh, I'd love to have Brian, but. But. Okay. Yep. I think that's an interesting. It doesn't mean that you didn't have anything to offer. Right? Yeah. It just means literally in an accredited school, they are, you've got to have a, a teacher of record. And how that many has, pastors want to impact the next generation? I would, so, I would sure hope most of yeah, them. Yeah, so now not only are you trying to impact the people in your own church, you can impact people literally that are training for ministry at the moment, all because you, a door was open because you pursued Interestingly enough, Mike, and I mean this kind of goes hand in hand, it's a ministry opportunity, but if your advanced degrees are in the right fields, if you've had certain amount of... Um, uh, training hours in a certain field, you can actually open secular college doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's true. Usually more particularly true with PhDs, but um, I've got a school half mile from here, and I'm starting the conversation with presidents about my ability to teach speech. My because I've had tons of training speech, right? Uh, leadership. I've had I've had more than 18 credit hours of leadership training. Um, biblical studies, world religions. Yep. What I mean, yeah. just, you, we'll call it whatever you want. Yeah. But I can get into a public school because I'm I am I'm trained with an accredited I'm, degree. Accredited degree. I'm thinking even like let's just say. And that also becomes now an opportunity if you're in a public school for outreach. Oh, oh, absolutely tremendous. I mean, I, I think there's some uh, charter schools here in Jacksonville, even on a, a secondary level, that I probably could if I really wanted to. If I really, I, I can't. But if I really wanted to, how about this? What if you What if you got an education degree and you felt like I need to be a bivocational pastor? Yeah. Do we have any idea how many bivocational pastors there are? There's more than you think. Yeah. Eighty percent of the churches in America are struggling. They're decline. They need church revitalization. Chances are you're gonna have a small or maybe meager salary. It may not be a bad idea. How about missions? I mean, can we get out of the box a little bit here? Why are we spending? Why not? Why couldn't you get a master's degree in English and go teach English as a second language and be fully funded as a missionary? Mm-hmm. I know it takes away from some of it. I'm not dumb, but Paul did it some. 
So there's this there's this broaden ministry opportunities. I am getting opportunities to teach, preach, have lecture conversations. I'm doing some seminars this spring, even locally here with certain associations. I mean, just things are opening, doors are opening. Yeah. I have no doubt that much of it comes from a completed terminal degree, which builds your credibility, right? And causes people to assume you can think critically. Yeah, absolutely. I was even going to say you can this. bring something to the table. You can bring something to the table, and um, you had mentioned this earlier. Well, I want to close with this, but you mentioned even if you don't get a master's degree or doctoral degree, get some kind of certification of, of some sort. I just was recently looking at a certification at Southwestern Seminary in church revitalization consulting. Nice. Just a very unique little yeah, niche. But it's a need. And God's already doing some work in my heart about that specific thing. Well, I'm probably going to do that. You say, well, my goodness, you got more degrees than a thermometer. It's not really about that. No. It's about what can I do that is going to broaden my ability to reach the greater populace. The more tools we put in our tool belt, the more opportunities we'll have to use them. Absolutely. I mean, we're here. We're in a construction yeah. zone right now. We My are. man Dave out here, he's one of our deacons. Dave has every tool. I mean, I, just earlier, I just randomly, hey, Dave, you got a zip tie? I needed one for my new desk. Oh, yeah, I got a zip tie out here. And, and sure enough, he has a zip tie. Well, otherwise, I was going to go to Walmart. Right. It's just a true statement. Well, Mike, listen, man, I sure love you. I'm, I'm glad that, first of all, I'll be your friend, but also I have you on the podcast. We'll have you back. And uh, uh, say a quick word about Veritas, if you want, about sure. what you guys got going on. Yeah, so Veritas is a school that's nearing its 40th year of ministry. And basically, we exist because we realize a few things. Number one, pastors are sending off their best kids to Bible colleges, and they don't come back. So how good is it when a pastor can say, hey, you're plugged into our ministry. We'd love to have you train remotely and still plug be plugged in. Uh, and then for pastors who want to further their degree, whether it's missions or pastoral leadership or biblical leadership or whether it's whatever, uh, I'm just thrilled to be a part of the team. You know, it's interesting. You, I, I, you've got a brochure out right now that, I, that we're putting in the packet for this conference we're at this week, and uh, you have a, a discount for pastors, right? Yeah, and that's standard. 30% discount, and it is a discount. It's not a scholarship. We don't have anybody underwriting it. But we really believe in investing in the next generation, and we're going to do that through pastors. And it's so, fantastic. And pastors, I'm telling you right now, if you don't have a master's degree, this is a good opportunity. I teach in the program. Mike teaches in the program. And, uh, and some of the speakers that are here this week. And, yeah, we got <laughs> Kurt here and uh, who else? Kerry Smith, Smith mm -hmm. of course, yeah. And so just top phenomenal, top quality, reputable men, proven leaders, training leaders, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I've been teaching Veritas for now four or five years, I think. I'm thankful for what they're doing. And, Mike, you being there now is a huge ad. I'm excited to be there. And I'm thankful that God brought you there. Well, guys, hey, thanks for being with us today. Look forward to the next conversation on life, leadership, and ministry. Until then, may God bless you.